We are all called to leadership. We are all meant for a calling to something bigger than ourselves, to lead how God designed us to lead. Servant leadership, propping others up, empowering them, being that voice of encouragement that allows them to identify their passions, their gifts, walk in their purpose, experience that overwhelming peace and calling. So I encourage you, listen to this episode, dig into areas where you can improve, where you can be that leader, lean into what culture says about leadership. Defy the odds of what society is telling you about leadership. Be counter-cultural, counter-intuitive, be abnormal, be unique, be different, but most of all, be courageous leaders. Great opportunity to bring you Project 222 episode today for the college athlete balancing their faith and hearing from these ex-college athletes who showed a way, made a path for you to be able to, to conquer some of these challenges and struggles that are out there as Christians in a college environment, playing sports. We've got people who have done it. We've got hope and encouragement for you today. We bring that right out of the Bible. Project 222 comes out of 2 Timothy 2.2, where Paul says, take what I'm teaching you, teach it to other faithful men so that they can teach others. And so we're going to pour in, we're going to invest, and I've got a great guest today. I want to introduce to you Dr. Tim Lewis, uh, who is originally from the great state of Alabama, um, former Division I basketball student-athlete at Jackson State University. Uh, he coached basketball for nine years. Uh, he did that at the University of Alabama and then at Shelton State Community College. He, um, he worked with, at the University of Alabama at Birmingham Health System for four and a half years. Uh, he's got a pretty diverse background. This guy's done a lot of different things. Um, worked at uh, NCAA National Office for four and a half years. So we get to see behind the curtain today at the NCAA. Uh, no, he's the founder of TLL Advisory Services. Uh, it's a sports consultancy company and is in the initial stages of starting a financial planning business. Like I said, this guy's done everything and he's just a, he's just got the mind, a learner. He's an entrepreneur. He's just a, he's a dreamer and a builder. Uh, so he received his bachelor's from Jacksonville state, uh, master in science and an MBA from the university of Alabama and a doctorate from East Tennessee state university. So too many letters after his name for me to mention, but suffice it to say, we've got somebody full of wisdom, knowledge, encouragement, and I want to formally welcome Dr. Tim Lewis to the show. Oh, uh, thank you, John. I, I appreciate you just even having, you, you just reaching out. Um, obviously, we've got mutual friends, and I appreciate you reaching out to me to be able to have the opportunity to be able to share a little bit about the journey. Um, everybody talks about the good, but there are some, there were some challenges along the way. And, and I love to be able to get into those and hopefully be able to spread a message that, um, that can help some people. Um, I think in the space of being an athlete, sometimes I think that everybody looks at us and we are the people that people look up to and they don't realize that we go through things just like everybody else. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, those, these student athletes now, you know, are carrying several different loads with them and, and there are pressures with it. And, 
And there's a way to balance that and there's connections they can make. So that's the goal here today is to just get your take on some of the challenges they have, some of your experiences and, and stories. But, you know, is there anything else about you kind of personally or anything that would help the audience maybe connect with you on a personal level? Um, well, obviously from being from Alabama, so I live in, currently live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I could tell you there's where I'm at in life now was not the way that it was planned. And I think that's actually a, a pretty good thing. Um, how sometimes us athletes are very goal oriented, um, very dedicated to what we do. And I think that's a great thing, but also too, I think sometimes we can get so stubborn to what we're doing that we can shift and we had a lot of other skills that we could do a lot of other things. And that was something I started to really realize probably a little later in life compared to when I, when I very first finished playing. So, um, yeah, I, I love sport. I love uh, my experiences. Um, but there were also some things in that experience, too, that, um, that I, I had to go back and dig deep on that has really driven me to be where I'm at now. So, mm. yeah, so I can definitely relate to a lot of the, the different challenges that athletes face, but I also can relate to the challenges coaches face and administrators face too, because I've been mm. in all those roles. Um, yeah. So it's pretty unique. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, it is from all different angles. So let's just, let's jump in with both feet here. And, and we got some things I want to ask, you know, regarding, let's start off with mentors and leaders. I mean, this is obviously a leadership podcast, servant leadership and, and uh, you know, what, talk about some people that may be along the journey of your athletic career in college that you identified as, man, they're, they're really a good, they've got some good leadership qualities that I want to try to adopt as my own or some mentors that kind of locked arms with you, walked beside you and helped you through the process of being that student athlete in college. Talk about some of those leadership models that you were able to be around. I think before I, before I jump into those, I will say probably the, the, when I look back now, the person that's probably the strongest person that I have been around from is my mom. Mm. Uh, when I, and I didn't realize that being young, um, being older now, to see as a single mom, I'm an only child. Um, she, God, you know, we, we hear so many of those kind of stories where people really, yeah. you know, situations that are maybe not the most ideal, um, really just showed a lot of strength, never complained, always did as much as she could to give me opportunity to be able to like either play sports or take me to practice or whatever. And I didn't really realize or appreciate probably at the time, all the things that she had to go through just to make sure I had opportunities that were different than maybe some of the things she had. So like, I mean, yeah. definitely the strongest person that I, that I, that I have, I have ever seen um, when I look back on it, right. Outside of yeah. the typical yeah, sure. sports, sports structure. Now within the, within the context of sport though, you know, when I grew up, Oh man, you're talking about a lot of great mentors and leaders. I, I didn't grow up with my dad, so but my my really good friends that I am super close with today, you know, their their dads were, were father figures, mm. um, which was great at the time. You know, it's you so you're kind of naive to like the impact that they're having. You just you know you're playing the yeah. sport, you're having fun, and you're doing all those things. And uh, so you know, I would definitely say you know. Um, Mr. Ziegler from, you know, from Alabama, uh, Coach Harper. Um, they all know, once they hear this, they know exactly who they are, people that have made a really good impact. Uh, I'll tell you the person that really um, changed my perspective, and it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. And that is 
the Mulholland family, which is, um, I, I played under him uh, in high school, but then he went to Shelton State Community College. And I followed them to Shelton State Community College. I played there before Jacksonville State. And so that's Barry Mohan and Susan Mohan. And if it wasn't for that family, um, I, I was, that was the first time that I ever was around um, people in the coaching profession that actually were coaches and coaches wives in the profession that I really saw that true family um, care about their athletes, care about their grades, care about them being people and truly agonized over when um, the athletes weren't doing right or if they couldn't reach them or things of that nature. And I saw that and I saw a great husband and a great wife with the Mohans um, and, and what they what they were the epitome outside of just playing the game, playing the game of basketball is easy. It's all the other stuff and the, the becoming of a man, the, the leadership examples, all those things. And I saw that from, you know, from Barry Mohan and Susan Mohan. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's, let's go into that a little more um, because it sounds like you had some good people around you and you were at least aware enough to notice these things and gravitate toward those good people instead of just seeing them as a ride to practice or games or whatever you kind of locked into what made them good people so talk about qualities that maybe you brought or adopted from them that maybe you can tell a college athlete who's listening right now like these are the people you need to look at and gravitate toward not the people that are standing on top of the mountain talking about how great they are how many likes they have or subscribers on you to you know whatever but tell tell a college student today what to look for in a good mentor or leader I, I tell you you look for somebody that challenges you right and I think uh, and not challenge you because they know everything um, but challenge you to think sometimes differently or think bigger and you know that it sounds very cliche but looking back now I, I remember you know so many examples um, I argue one in particular, you know, when I was in junior college, I was like a, I don't know, a three, three student or something, but I, it was easy. And I remember coach Mohan was like, yeah, you know, Tim Lewis has a 3.3, but we know he could do better. And I, we think he's like, we think he is <laughs> not applying himself. And in the moment I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but that was just an example um, of something yeah, based, that based on your potential. He knew that you were underachieving. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> You know, I was underachieving, but also too, uh, um, all those people that I named have a high um, belief and faith system, yeah, right? Okay. Very consistent. That was not the, I don't know if that was the particular reason at the time, but those qualities that, that came from having a high belief, you know, faith system, um, and they were all Christians too. Um, they're Christians. So I think they had a nice foundation that they could, um, not necessarily bully, you know, the, the, the um, bully pit you, because that wasn't it. It was more that it was a consistent how you treat people, the kind of people that you want to be around. So, yes, yeah, so I would say that you have to be really mindful who you surround yourself around. Luckily, um, I was around really good people that had humility. Um, they, they cared about the people around them, but they also pushed you when they know that you were doing wrong or yeah. that you could be better. Yeah. And so it wasn't the type of people that we 
we, we're so in data, and this is where the athletes are a little different. Is you know, you got social media, you got so many pressures right now. They got so many pressures that um, I didn't have probably as many with the digital world, but you still had pressures of being around the wrong crowd or you know making the wrong decision that could really impact your life. Um, you know, you still got those pressures now that maybe are magnified. So we had those yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so those are some yeah. of the things. That That's being- cool. Yeah. yeah, that's real good. Uh, yeah, I, you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say too is that these, this, these groups of coaches that were leaders and good mentors were, you know, they, they kind of created that template of standards, right? That were they, they identified and established, and they let you know that these weren't gonna waver, right? There weren't any, there wasn't any negotiation. These were standards of of quality, integrity, character, and that's how we were gonna carry ourselves and you know that's not always welcome and received with open arms from a college aged student who's an athlete they're not always you know especially the ones that want to hold them accountable they usually kind of stiff arm those types of mentors but I would encourage the audience right now like lean into those people that are not letting you get away with certain things right that see a potential in you and don't let you underachieve like those people are who you want to be around not the people that are just telling you what you want to hear and the yes people that are around right nobody you don't need another person hoisting you up on a pedestal like we need people that are telling us the truth and are holding us accountable so those are great examples um you know speaking of just what kids are dealing with you said it earlier they're they got a lot of pressures but what's a challenge as a as a christian athlete what is a a big challenge i know there's probably many but something maybe you saw personally as you were going through that journey or something that you see now that you hear about that kids i mean you worked for the ncaa i'm sure you hear things uh so what what's a challenge for christian athletes who balancing their faith and some of the distractions that are around them I, I think one of the, it's, it's a couple of challenges for sure, but one of the bigger ones I think you just hit on is, you know, whatever your belief system is when it comes yeah. to, to that. Um, and for, you know, for Christian athletes, I would say you're going to face so much adversity, right? And, 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 and having a high level of faith, you're going to face a lot of adversity on the court and off the court or, or on the field or off the field, yep. right? You know, and so I think, keeping that set of core values is really important. You know, what are those set of core values are to you? I think that right there is so important and it's so hard with all the pressures. Right. And so I think that too, and I think also, you know, something, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I know one of those couple of defining moments that happened to me and there's plenty of them in this space. um, The challenge that, when things go wrong or when you do make a mistake, get up, it's gonna be okay. Get back on the track, get back, because it's gonna happen. And so the, the idea of perfection mm. right now, I think is really hurting a lot of athletes, especially ones that have you know faith-based, Christian-based yeah. athletes because of all the pressures of trying to literally meet the demands of your sport, which is mm-hmm. academic and athletically, trying to have some personal balance outside of that, trying to balance your family. And then you're balancing this whole digital world, expectation, yeah. body image world, what I got to yeah. be. I think those things right now are some of the biggest challenges 
of, of, of literally trying to deal with all those multiple factors. Um, and that can get you off kilter from your belief system very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. And great point because, uh, I'm also thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking, man, this, this idea of perfection, really this myth of perfection that, that, society selling these kids and and they're they're buying it right so they they have this expectation of themselves that they'll never live up to so when they do make a mistake or a challenge comes that they don't handle just right they don't own those situations they they pass blame they avoid or run from it or they just make an excuse as to what happened and rather than just owning the mistake yeah i did it like that's part of being a man that's part of owning it as an adult and then dust yourself off and don't make that mistake again. You learn from it. And so I think that's what I see, like my kids, you know, even adults right now. But, I mean, specifically college athletes, it's hard for them to own some of those mistakes because they are expected to be perfect. And they're expecting that from themselves. So, yeah, I think that's important for somebody listening that you encourage right now that you just said – you know, don't, don't expect perfection and, and understand that those things are going to happen and, and to know what to do when those day, when they do and to move forward. So, yeah, those are, those are some big challenges and I'm glad you said those, but yeah, moving on to this defining moment, you know, I put that in there and I know that's a, <clears throat> golly, we use that term a lot. And, but I think those moments do define us sometimes. So in your experiences with your faith as an athlete or a coach or you know, just in that journey of college sports, um, was there a moment where a light kind of went on with you and your faith and taking ownership of that as personal or, or something that you saw or did that were like, oh, man, now I get it. Was there a moment like that? Yeah, it, there was a moment. Not a lot of people know this story, um, so bear with me on this one. Yeah. Um, it was 2010, and this, this is probably the biggest moment I had. The, the first moment was when I had knee surgery and I, you know, I lost a lot of scholarships and I went into a very deep, well, after junior college, a very deep, dark place because I just couldn't understand what was happening. And then I came out the other end, but that was more athletic related. Um, I was in 2010, I just finished my MBA, but I was coaching basketball as well at Shelton State Community College. Um, and, you know, the, recession hit the market crashed all that mm. so you know I was coaching and I knew that I was still going to coach but I was looking for some other work as well and I, I just thought I did everything everybody told me to do get degree kept my nose clean um all those things right and I couldn't find a job all my classmates were getting jobs I couldn't find I couldn't find a job opportunity so um, when I finished my MBA unemployed like a lot of people were and mm-hmm. it was tough and but I was still coaching basketball, which gave me a lot of pleasure. And I had two friends that year that died close young at a young age. Mm. One committed suicide. Um, another died. Not sure exactly um, what the cause was, but mm-hmm. it, it really rocked me. So it was just a lot of things that were happening. And, you know, I kind of went off the rails as in, a lot of bad, you made some bad behavior of drinking and partying and went to Vegas doing all that stuff like that. And I was in a bad place. And I think I was coping with that by just trying to have fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Couldn't find a job. Some friends have died. 
um, and all those things. So I went about, let's see, probably about six or seven months without an opportunity, job, full-time opportunity, right? But during that time, I had a moment to where we were going to go coach a, a basketball game in, in, in Dallas, Texas. We were riding, it was a scrimmage. We were riding the bus from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And my insurance had just collapsed, like as in being a former student, right? But I'm like, I'm healthy, no big deal. I mean, I was still like in a basketball mindset. And I had, I started getting side pains. I had to get rushed to the hospital. Mm. Um, I had to get my appendix taken out. Mind you, with no health insurance, literally just was gone like a month before. And you're just like, why could this not happen two months ago, right? And so that was another thing that happened. So between not having a, couldn't find a job, two friends are gone, um, appendix now I got this big hospital bill um it was tough and I was with my best friend I was staying with him in Phoenix City and on Halloween we decide hey you know what we had a rough year let's just go have a lot of drinks and just go look at people in their costumes downtown I got behind the wheel of my car shouldn't have right shouldn't have Mm -hmm. um on the way back and didn't feel like I was drunk or anything. And the cop uh, pulled me over downtown and I wasn't swerving or anything. I just had ran one of those blinking red lights. I, I yielded, didn't stop. Luckily, long story short, by the grace of God, he was like, hey, you know, you're driving fine. Will you pull your car over here to the bank parking lot? Do you have somebody that come get you all? And we did. We had somebody to come get us. In that moment right there, where I should have gotten a DUI. And that, after everything that happened, that was the clearest mess up I had all year. The yeah. clearest and the easiest one that could have been like, no, you, you know, you, yeah. you're gonna be good. I didn't get one. And I, in that moment right there, I woke up the next day, I said, somebody or something was looking out for me. It's just Tim, okay, like enough pity for yourself. Like get back on the track. Within a month, I had five job offers. Because it, I started to have that faith that I had lost. Wow. I started to, to, my faith was tested in such a way yeah. um, that I it had never been tested before. Nobody knew. Only a couple of people in the world knew this. How, how at the very bottom of the barrel I was. Yeah. And that was from being an athlete, from all those things, all those years of just being able to overcome through the sport. I was having a hard time dealing with some of the adversity that life was putting me, even though I was still coaching. Right. And so that was the moment that I looked up and said, okay, I got you. I hear you now. Yeah. So it shows, tells <laughs> me that you, you got a, you got a picture of what grace looked like in that moment, like what true grace from, from that police officer and mercy looked like. So man, for somebody listening right now, who's in college, let's say an athlete who hears the story and he says, yeah, you know, that you had a lot of things kind of go against you. And, and a lot of people do find their faith again during tragedy, right? Or during setbacks. What would you say to that kid maybe that he could do to learn from and maybe not have to get to that point of yeah. four or five mishaps before they, what would you say if you could do it over again to that guy? Yeah, I, I tell you, don't do, do not wait as long as I did. Right. And, and, um, don't and, and definitely do not wait until like something that could be as bad as what could have been for me. Right. So try not to get there. What I would say is when you're in those moments and something that I didn't do a really good job of, I 
didn't get around. The, I wasn't around those same people mm. that were the strong people in my life that I, that I mentioned. That's I kind of like may have maybe distanced myself and I didn't open up. That's the other thing. I did not let anybody know that I was struggling with all this. You know, my, my good, strong friends, my good um, people that believed in me, I didn't reach out. I, I took it all on myself. Yeah. And as athletes and, you know, especially men too, but it definitely as athletes, we're taught to not show weakness. We're taught to just sure. keep fighting through. And, and sometimes we got to, you know what, we got to pick up a good book. We got to read, we got to get back to those core values. We got to get to people who have been through those things or people that we trust and say, hey, look, I'm hurting here. I, I need this support system. That is something that I didn't do a really good job of that moment. Now I do that all the time. But yes, I, I would definitely make sure that you let people know that you trust. Um, and, and usually there's a mentors and those leaders. And sometimes you reach out. And, and for some people that's getting back to the church, for me, what was good um, in my college career, I did a lot of FCA stuff, um, oh, good. athletes. Cool. And I think that was really cool, you know, to have those like-minded people. Um, yeah. Athletes, and that, that was cool. So find that, that system and those people that you trust and believe in. And when you're going through those things, open up, open up, do not wait because it can really, really be detrimental to you. Yeah. That's why I did do a good job. That's exactly, that's perfect because, uh, and it kind of leads into our next question because I was going to, and we'll, we'll kind of dial in a little bit more detailed to this next question, because what I want to ask is, if you could sit across the table from yourself, a younger version of yourself coming into college as an athlete, right? Cause let's face it. People that come in from high school as athletes to college, they've got it all figured out, right? They've accomplished everything they've wanted to accomplish in sports. They're the, they're the man or the woman and, and they're coming in and, and that university is just lucky to have them. Right. I mean, that's some of the mentality we have. What would you say to you coming into college as uh, in addition to what you said about find those connections, find those people like FCA or those ways to stay connected. What's another piece of advice you would have given yourself that you wish someone would have told you? I would say um, maximize this opportunity, but maximize it more than just being an athlete. Right. Mm. I would say get out on camp. Well, you know, within your campus community, get out on the campus, visit other people um, or other departments um, that aren't athletes, but they may have an affinity for athletes or athletics, or they may even have a background that they've done it, but they may be the president. They may be the dean. They may be a professor. It could be the international department. It could be a lot of other areas to balance out the, the demands of being an athlete. And that's hard because you got yeah. so much time yeah. um, that, that you are spending have lunches with people that are outside of the athletic department, that are outside of your coaches. Because what's going to happen is you're going to find some really good people, A, that you that could be good friends and a good network down the line for when you're trying to find opportunities, recommendation letters, stuff like that. But then you're going to learn about their journey. And then you may see yourself in them too. I think sometimes when the athletic world, which is great, we're so insular to each other yeah. that we're blinded. Yeah you know, by, by, you know, just because we're so around like-minded people all the time and we, we're talking the same language. I think you get outside of that bubble. I think it helps your experiences. And then when you do face adversity, you got another system of people yeah. that you built 
that you can maybe go talk to. And sometimes it's easier to go talk to them. You want to talk to somebody outside of your teammate or your coach sometimes. Yeah. You know? And it is, it's nice, yeah. you know, that that culture exists because that's the natural gravity is when you come onto campus, your teammates are your family now. And it yep. gives you a good, like initially, you don't really have to try that hard to have a, a system or a connection with other people who are there, why, same reason you are. But what a, I think that's a great point that you make because, you know, I watched my son too, and he, you do, you just gravitate to that team that you're on. And so I wonder what opportunities or connections that were out there that maybe we overlooked or didn't get to experience because we were so tunnel vision laser focused right on that one thing so that's great advice for whoever's listening like branch out and and grab a couple of your teammates and go experience something outside of that little bubble like tim said so finish a sentence for me um and we'll maybe have to you know unpack some of it a little further but finish this sentence i know i made an impact in the lives of my teammates because we still talk to this day. <laughs> and I mean, I know it sounds crazy. And I got friends from, you know, from 20 plus years, right? Yeah. You know, that we still talk and yeah. we talk about all kind of other stuff. And so I, I know I've made an impact, maybe an impact on me too. So, um, yeah. but I know they, we still talk and we still have a lot of conversation. I think that's pretty cool. That's good. Okay. So let me go one step further, kind of, uh, another level to that question because, and this is off script audience. So yeah. I'm putting Tim on the spot here, but <laughs> so going back through and as a, somebody listening, who is a Christian athlete on a team right now, and he wants to maybe see a glimpse of what you're talking about 20 years from now, he's going to have these same, hopefully relationships, you know, with these guys. What can he do to solidify that that happens? That he you, has you know, that long-lasting impact. Absolutely, and being you know for that Christian athlete, obviously, I would say with the principles that you know the true yeah. principles of Christianity um, is is it's, it's literally love thy neighbor, which is, yep. is one of those right, which that's your teammate, right? Yeah, love them, and even when they you might not see eye to eye with them but you still got to let them know that you care about them. Right. And, and, right. and you can have those boundaries, but you still got to let them know that you care about them. That is huge. Even though you could be in competition for playing time or whatever it may yep. be, you want to make sure that they know that do the little things, um, invite them over, play video games with them, like get to know about their families, get to know about their backgrounds. That is something that's huge. We talk about diversity, inclusion, all this stuff. Right. Like that. Get to know who they are and accept that. Right. And so we all, come from different places. I think once you do that um, and really try to listen to them, I, you do those things right there. That's awesome. You'll be able to have that great relationship with them down the line. I just want to thank you on behalf of the audience and behalf of us here at the last in line leadership platform, man. I, I want to thank you because your insight's been valuable, your wisdom, you know, audience, this has been a treat because we've gotten to hear from athlete coach, you know, administrator in the NCAA, like we've gotten to hear from somebody that's kind of seen college athletics from all three facets and he's learned so much and he's shared with you. So hopefully you've gotten something out of it. So until next time, he's been Dr. Tim Lewis. We've been last in line. Be blessed. I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. I'm tired of looking around, who's wondering what I 
I'm supposed to be 